Greetings, beautiful people. This is Jay here from Lads Talk Health and as always, sending nothing but love and kindness and positivity to all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. Please, please, if you enjoy it, let other people share your enjoyment. Love to you all. We're rolling. Hello everyone, it's Jay here from Lads Talk Health and as always, sending you nothing but a big fat dollar love and kindness and positive energy. Really looking forward to tonight's Lads Talk Health. Got a very, very special guest on. Ah, quick update. So, for those that. Hey, Hazza. Let's just get Hazza on. For those that have asked me loads of questions about Daisy, I can't invite you on, Hazza. Charlie, hello. And I'm right in saying, Charlie Blue 9809. You're the female Charlie, right? Because as I said, Jay keep, you said Jay keeps calling uh, calling you mate. So that's a term of endearment, by the way, Charlie. But thanks for joining. Hi, Sammy. I'll wait for Ali to join first. Okay, has a no problem. There's the there's the, the the guy himself, the beautiful man, Mr. Alistair Gray. Bear with me. Let's get Alistair on. This is very special, Harry Thomas as well. Hello, Hello. beautiful man. Hello, mate. Great How to you see you, James. Fantastic to see you too, and you, as always. Hello, mate. Hi, Ali. Hey, Harry. How you doing? Yeah, really well, thank you. Yourself? I'm good. I've never done a, a three-way Instagram. This is a new experience for me. <laughs> we're excited to have you on tonight as well so thank you for coming mate well it's great it's great to be here and first of all thanks for having me I'm, I, I don't know if you're aware James but I showed up an hour ago and text Harry and said I'm ready to go where, 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 are, you, where are you guys and, and, on. I was going to say and it's led to a realisation you guys are always teaching whether you know it or not but a realisation that Cancun is now on a different time zone to the whole of Mexico and also now to the UK. So previously Cancun, the area close to where I live, would change their clocks. But last year, the government agreed that they didn't have to. <laughs> so, so after I realized this an hour ago, I was like, I need to check my diary for this week. Everything's going to be messed up. <laughs> Do you know what's interesting as well? Because to give you the other side of, so you, you was the, oh, hi guys, ready when you are. Me and Harry were like, oh, if he's ready now, there's no way knowing how busy this man is that he's going to be ready to be able to do us at the actual time. So when you came back, it was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> so we are so appreciative. And I've just got to say something. It just hit me that last time, really, this whole pop-up with your lovely face was at the most, was the most life-changing experience I've ever gone through, which was on that Mindful Talent course that you and the beautiful Michelle and all the other beautiful people there provide for people. And another thank you, mate. Honestly, it's just been, that started off something extremely special. You upskilled me in a be, being a better me by knowing that I was enough being me. And that now has led on, thanks to your message, your way of teaching and sharing, to many people that I now work with and Harry, they get a better me as well, which is needed for what? what they need at this point. So, yes, it just hit me. Just I just remember all the... Every single call was just like, oh, wow, 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 wow. So good to see you, mate. Oh, man, thank you so much for sharing it, James. It's, uh, yeah, it's just a, one, a pleasure, you know, being back in touch with you guys in this environment, this virtual environment, albeit we're in different parts of the world. But two, it means, you know, a lot to, to me to hear the impact that the course has had on you and Harry but then, you know, all of these incredible people that you're, you're now serving as well, because, you know, we, we'll probably get into it, but you guys know that when I first set up Mindful Talent, that was a mission, right? Like, I had a vision board, and I drew a big planet, the Earth, and I put a heart around it, and Michelle Armstrong, who's now my co-founder and business partner, but at the time, she was my teacher and mentor, 
she said, you know, talk us through it. And I was like, I just want to heal the world. Like I want to help, you know, not me personally, but I want to contribute to the world healing itself. And that, you know, became the ripple effect that is now our mission at Mindful Talent. It's like, how can we train other people like you and Harry that then have this inner calling to contribute to the world in a beautiful way. So thank you so much for sharing it with me because that is our mission. Like you literally feeding that back and reflecting that back to me is, is our mission in a nutshell. Fantastic. Harry, over to you, beautiful man, number two. Yeah, so it's kind of <laughs> let me uh, set the placement and introduce you to who this guy is. And so Ali, uh, Alex is great. Uh, he is, or still is my coach. And when I was going through my transition, uh, I got introduced to Ali after a breakdown. And uh, my recruiter at the time said, you should speak to my mate Ali, he's amazing. And we connected. And over a period of six months, Ali wasn't persistent, wasn't annoying, but he was there just sending a, an email every now and then, but personal, like, how have you been since our call? Nothing never uh, came of it. And then, I was also having another conversation with a client in the gym six months later, and we were talking about audible books, self-development, and he said, oh, I've got this amazing coach you should meet called Ali. He's from Scotland. And I'm like, Alistair Gray? And it's like, oh. So Ali happened to be in London that day, and I reached out to him, maybe it's time I should come see you. I said, uh, a bit of a synchronicity there. And Ali said, no, no, what's weird was someone else messaged me today and said, I heard two people speaking about you in the gym. So there was someone else listening to our conversation. So I'm like, oh, I definitely got to meet up with you. So I met up with Ali and there was a lot of synchronicity within this conversation. But the one thing that I got from it was what he had went through to become a coach. And it kind of resonated with where I was at, my, at that point in my life where I thought I was serving, well, I was serving, but I thought I was coaching. I then uh, started sessions with Ali, and it just, it was a transition from my life. So I, I put a lot of my development mate down to our initial coaching sessions, but that then uh, drove me to do the Mindful Talent coaching course. And after that, I, I turned into a better person. So that was how I met Ali, and Ali, runs a company called Mindful Talent, and it's something that I would like to keep pushing out there as we do our Lads Talk Health, because it's made a big change for mine and James's life and all the people that we've served to. That's where it's all come from. Lads Talk Health is because of Mindful Talent. That's, that's the truth. So that's, and I've just realized we've got Ali, granddaddy, then you daddy, <laughs> then your grandson and son. This is the generation, so. No offense, Ali, but you're the old git. <laughs> but do, do you know, I also want to say, James, that I think Lads Talk Health was already deep within, you know, your path and your calling way before I kind of walked into, you know, your life and Harry's life. I think, you know, hopefully the work that I do, and Harry, thank you so much for the kind words. You know, we've developed a great friendship over time as well as, you know, a professional relationship as a client and a coach. But, um, you know, I would love to think that the work that I do both individually with people, and I've seen a lot of people come on here tonight, so thank you everyone for tuning in. But, um, you know, I hope the work that I do with individuals on a one-to-one -one basis and also the work that we do at Mindful Talent really is more of a, you know, a reawakening um, for the individual to, to remember, you know, who they are and what matters most to them. And, you know, I think where my own coaching has kind of, uh, I suppose evolved is that, you know, I'm less about linear coaching. You know, I still help people get to goals and outcomes, of course, but I much prefer of thinking it like planting really deep seeds of intention, right? In the soul of another human being. And over time, trusting that that is going to, you know, germinate and evolve and grow and flourish in ways that, that probably both me and the individual can never imagine. So you know, I, I feel really blessed that you guys attribute a lot of this to Mindful Talent, but I also feel that, you know, the journey that you guys are on is is definitely, you know, a, a calling. And, and I see the work that you're doing. You know, I'm always watching the videos and tuning in, whether it's, you know, the, the incredible challenges that you set for yourself or just the heart-centered work that you're doing with others. So, 
Yeah, it's, it's beautiful what you guys are doing, man. Thank you, buddy. Alex, so the first thing that I would like, I want people to see more from you really, like in terms of your journey. And, and I like to do these videos so people can relate to, we all come from somewhere and we all had our own challenges. And that's what I resonated with your story initially. So kind of a bit of a backstory to take us before we got to Mindful Talent. Yeah, perfect. So I'm, I'm conscious of keeping it SSG as we teach in the course, right? So think specific and generous. So I'll do my best to wrap into one, but you know, starting probably in childhood, because a lot of my own work, certainly over the last few years, has also been around you know, processing some trauma, going through you know, some of the stuff that had been holding me back as a young person, and also some of the things that I'd learned how to mask some of those insecurities in me. And so you know, I, I think it's important to talk about, you know, my, my childhood was within a happy family setup, but, but it was also, you know, my parents were young when they had us and, you know, we grew up and the first few years of my life was in, you know, one of the, the roughest flats in Scotland, if not the roughest, right, growing up. And I remember over the last few years since doing this deeper inner work, I remember certain experiences, you know, related to you know, uh, fights happening around me when I was, you know, three years old and drugs being really obviously distributed and taken in, in the, the environment that we were growing up in. And then we, we moved when I was three and five, my sister and I with my mum and dad, and we found like what was our first family home. You know, those years were, were great memories throughout that time in life, you know, three through to like 15, but not without its challenges, you know. Mum and dad were making ends meet, you know, often working two or three jobs. And it's only now that you realize when you're growing up, you know, we were quite self-sufficient in many ways as well. And then my parents split up when I was 16. And it wasn't until recently that I realized that, you know, through that process, I was ultimately kind of displaced, right? My sister and I, we, we moved out what was our family home and moved into another high-rise flat. And, and really that was us stepping into the world of fending for ourselves, right? I think I was 16 or 17. My sister was a few years older. Um, and it wasn't until sharing these stories with, you know, my wife, Alaria, she was like, you, you know, you're pretty, you're pretty um, like independent at quite a young age, right? And I thought that was the norm, of course. But in a way that helped me so much throughout my life and continues to help me. I was street smart. I was always, you know, thinking about one, you know, how I can how I can make money, you know, truth be told, when I was younger, like, I don't, you know, I don't want to just go through some of the pains that I witnessed in my parents' relationship. I want to be able to, to you know, make myself go through life and be self-sustainable. And, and so that was really the beginning of, you know, my upbringing and my adolescence. And then, you know, instead of going to university, I told my parents, I think at the time that they, would, you know, they'd just broken up, I'm going to Ibiza for six months. <laughs> and that went down like a lead balloon with my mum. But, you know, I think it was also me revolting to the fact like, you know, I don't know if that's for me. And if I'm kind of being independent, I'm going to make these independent choices. I'm going to go to Ibiza. I'm going to party for six months. And through that process, interestingly enough, met with so many incredible human beings who are now on a very similar trajectory to me you know a lot of the people that I was raving on the dance floors with are now healers and coaches and shamans and breath workers so you know that experience kind of opened up my horizon outside of my hometown and really that was the beginning of uh, a, a relationship with travel and meeting new people and opening up my mind and feeling like you know the, the world is bigger outside of where I grew up in so, you know, that, after that, returned home to Scotland, went through various jobs and, and kind of found myself in, uh, in sales. And that led me to going to London, where I really started my professional career, seriously. And, you know, I was kind of working within recruitment agencies and also marketing agencies. And I suppose that journey in itself, coming to London, working hard and playing hard, completely unaware of maybe some of the traumas and the challenges that I'd experienced in life, or certainly I'd buried them. It got to the point where the working hard and playing hard, the body said at one point, no way, <laughs> you know, you're pushing this too hard. And really my mental and emotional health was suffering as well. You know, uh, recreational weekends, you know, with drugs and alcohol, 
working extremely hard and always doing really well within my place of work. But my body was like, you've done too much. And it was at that point where probably the first major influence on my life uh, related to certainly my personal growth and what I would describe as my spiritual growth happened. And it was my girlfriend at the time said, you know, Ali, you're not present. You, you, you know, I can, even when we have a conversation, you're, you're here, but you're not. And she said, you know, I, I see you worrying about the deal that I was trying to do in London. You know, I was working for a marketing company at the time and I was trying to do this million pound deal. I can still remember it. And I was so stressed and I was feeling so responsible. And I was having that expectation put on me as well from people around me in the organization. And I was burned out. I mean, literally burned out. And the only way that I could release some of that anxiety and that stress that I was feeling was to, to go out and party, right? So it was a vicious cycle that I was in. And the girlfriend at the time said, I think you should try meditation. You know, you have no idea how much of a godsend that was. And I resisted it. You know, I resisted it very, very harshly with resistance. I was like, what is meditation, right? I was like, is it religious? And at the time, I would have called myself an atheist, right? I was like, it's not for me. You know, I'm, I'm not that way inclined. And to be fair, she persisted. And uh, she finally got me to, to crack on with meditation because she said, there's a guy called Deepak Chopra and he does a 21-day challenge. <laughs> the only word I heard in that, uh, you know, in that dialogue was challenge. And I was like, okay, I'll take on the challenge, you know, like the alpha male, <laughs> the pride. And it was kind of like the Trojan horse, you know, from her without knowing it. And so I began meditating and I put Deepak in my ears. It was a free challenge. He now calls them 21-day experiences. I don't even know if they were actually called experiences then, but she used the word challenge. And I would listen to Deepak every night for 20 minutes. And this soft Indian accent would come through the speakers and he would start speaking about the cosmos <laughs> and the field of pure potentiality. And I'm like, I remember the first one I ever did, I kid you not, I remember laughing out loud and the thought I had was, what would my mates think? That was it, right? Like my laughter and also then sense of a bit of shame and insecurity was, what would my mates think? If they could hear me listening to this hippie stuff. But I persisted, right? Because I wanted to complete the challenge. And when I first started meditating, I couldn't even concentrate on Deepak's voice for like more than, I mean, a second or two. And then I was gone in my mind thinking about the deals and the challenges and the stress and thinking about everything. And then the gong would go at the end and it'd be like, and that is day one complete. And I'm like, I never heard anything. <laughs> but, you know, 21 days later, I think I completed 20 days. I was feeling different. And even though I never wanted to admit that at the time, and I certainly never told anyone about it. It was like my secret fight club. It was like, God, I can't tell anyone I'm listening to. Deepak Chopra, right? I can't tell anyone I'm listening to these forms of, uh, you know, audio files that certainly felt quite religious and quite godlike and godly, but they were working. They were speaking to a deeper part of me and I felt less stressed by it. So that was kind of like my first relationship into the world that I'm now in. Of course, I'm immersed in it now. And that led me to, you know, a year later leaving London traveling Central and South America. And during that trip, traveling a lot of that by myself and thinking, if meditation helped me when I was really stressed, what would happen if I just did it now when I literally had no stress, you know, no care in the world, a backpack, <laughs> going like to all these cool places. I thought, what if I just meditated every day? How would it impact me? And I began, you know, over a period of time, beginning to experience awareness, like being aware of awareness, being aware of my thoughts and suddenly thinking like, what is this? Like, how, if, how am I experiencing my thoughts and who, I, like, who am I? That was a question. It was like, who am I? I was suddenly aware of my thoughts and having that awareness was allowing me to let them go as I'd been taught through the meditation practice. So that experience began showing me that there was a deeper 
area and aspect of my own experience that could be explored. And, and the reason that it resonated so much was because I came and have come from a family who have suffered from mental health, anxiety and depression. And I was like, this, this has got to be the answer. <laughs> this has got to be the answer. Like whenever I'm in my place of meditation, I feel different. I feel whole and complete. And then I was like, everyone needs to do this. <laughs> like, you know, at that point, I was like, I'm just going to share this with everyone. And so I tried my best and everyone just thought I was a fruitcake. Like, you know, family and friends are like, what's Ali on? <laughs> He's on some sort of trip. And, you know, I was like, no, this stuff is amazing. I was like, it's changing me. It's changing my life. And, and so that was, you know, the meditation has been such a gift to me and changed my life in so many ways. And really, you know, where that then evolved is after coming back to the UK, I joined a friend's startup. And whilst I was doing that, we experienced incredible amounts of success as a young company. But a friend of mine visited me in London and I'd been back in Edinburgh for a few years. And she said, you know, one of her other friends has been initiated as a shaman and he's going to be running a plant medicine ceremony. And that's really where, you know, my, my whole life exploded into another level of consciousness and awareness. And I participated in a, an ayahuasca ceremony and it just, it was a completely profound experience. And this isn't me saying it to say that people should or shouldn't do it. It's a completely personal choice. And, and for me, it was where I felt called to. And that experience changed me profoundly, you know, so much so that it's where mindful talent was birthed from was that experience. You know, I, came out of it and I realized that human beings, we are all made of the same stuff. We are all part of this experience. I, I realized that oneness, right, which for me was a bit of a kind of cliche, a spiritual concept thrown around. I realized the truth of that. Like we are in this experience together and we are an, like incredibly interconnected and interdependent. And, you know, my mission was, was brought from that space. I was like, wow, I need to help myself and others, like, experience some of this, awaken to it. So that was kind of what happened. You know, that led to me leaving the company that I was, you know, a director of, and then set up Mindful Talent around nine months after that experience. Amazing story. You said <laughs> the, uh, the Deepak Chopra one, and this is uh, when I first met Ali, he, he said a few things. I thought I was being filmed because it was so in sync. But he said, uh, the first thing, I've got a job, doing well, but I met stress. Um, my girlfriend recommended meditation, Deepak Chopra. I'm like, no way. Deepak Chopra's my best mate. He saved my <laughs> life. And he's like, no, he's my best mate. <laughs> that was straight away. And, and, and the reason why I'm saying this, guys, as well, especially as a coach, and we all need help, but we need to make sure that we're investing in front and with the right people because there is a lot of people out there doing this purely for independent financial gains when it comes to self-development the first thing that i would always be aware of now is do i trust this person do i resonate with them do i feel like they got my best interest too because i've made a lot of mistakes with decision making over the years and it always comes back to i, ha I had a, a dodgy feeling about that person so for me on that first conversation, it was really important that there was a trust there. And I'm like, I'm in, I'm, I'm definitely in. I, I want to see this change for myself too. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful, Harry. And I, and I think we can all relate to those moments where maybe we've felt something but not listened to it. And, you know, that, that's where the trust element is, is so important. And, you know, like you and I connected, I was really fortunate that when I went through that, you know, profound awakening, if we want to call it that, that I managed to find really beautiful humans <laughs> who cared for me and offered to support me through that experience, you know, coaches and healers. Uh, I've mentioned one of them to you is Laura Pringle, who was my mentor for a long time and remains a mentor to me and a great friend. And, you know, surrounding myself by people at that time who I could trust and who I could be vulnerable with was was key and so i'm glad to hear Harry, that when you and i met you felt the same you know you felt the same energy and the same vibe coming from me 
Def definitely. And, and when I refer mindful talent, I'm like, go speak to Ali because you represent your company. And I think that's a, that's a big thing too. It's like you, you live and love it. And people, people want to get involved uh, when it's like that. It's not just people doing it because it's their job, but they, they've got no passion for it. Yeah, totally. And something you said, Harry, if I can pick up on it, is when you talk about, you know, having a coach or someone with the best interests at heart, you know, I, I think we're at quite a critical point in, in humanity, right? And in terms of like where we are, both in terms of individual and collective health and planetary health and, you know, everything that go, goes on in the world at the moment is making people feel fearful, unsafe, uncertain, doubtful, questioning, you know, who to trust, who not to trust. And right now, the need for community and the need for people to come together and support one another from that place where we set aside, you know, some of the things that maybe had driven us in the past, whether that is financial gain, material success, whatever, like all of that needs to be pushed aside right now and say, how do we come together to support each other and to support our planet to thrive during this time? And I think one, yes, the world is in a chaotic place in many respects, but I also believe that in those moments where chaos and challenge is present, there is also a great amount of opportunity to remind us of who we are at the very core of our being. And that's what I love about you lads, right? Whenever I talk to you, I'm like, they're doing amazing stuff. You're serving people from such an authentic place and the world needs more of this, right? So this is certainly the personal mission that I'm feeling called to do now is like, how do we bring all of these incredible people together? And how do we say to people and equip people to say, you have got it in you to change and contribute to your community and the world. Like we have got the ability as individuals to come together because we'll be much stronger together to create change if we, one, help each other, support each other, listen to one another, and then, you know, connect to that deeper truth within ourselves to say, okay, what I feel most called to do, what do I feel like my contribution can be at this time? And what do we feel, right? So we move from the, kind of, the me to the we and say, how do we come together and begin creating, you know, a society and a world that we wish to live in. So I wanted to pick up on it, Harry, because I'm feeling so passionate about this idea of coming together at the moment in communities and, um, and tackling some of the challenges that we're facing. <laughs> Listen to this all day long, lads. <laughs> <laughs> the community thing, though, is massive. I think, no, I think, excuse me, I know lads talk health the whole point of me and Harry putting Lads Talk Health together was because we enjoyed the conversations we was having with each other that was all based around stuff that for some reason for a long time seems to have not been fashionable. It, it seems like it's been a long time that it's not been fashionable to be nice, to be kind, to talk about these things. Negativity, stressing and always worrying about stuff seems to be something whether it gets pushed onto the people or not. It seems to be something that takes up most of our time, which is why you've, you've touched on being present a few times. That was a massive thing for me. I thought I was present. As a dad, to find out you're not present with your kids, that was a massive, massive eye-opener for me. So the, the being present in yourself, that's where your community starts, is with yourself. The first thing you have to get right in your community is yourself. And it's getting that mirror up and being prepared to look at yourself and just say, right, you're flawed. You're imperfectly perfect, just like everybody else. So let's have a little look at yourself first, because that's where I went on to that mindful talent course in a bad way, as Harry knows. And I said to him at the beginning, I'm not going to be a coach. I'm telling you, Harry, I'm not going to sit in front of someone and complain to be a coach. I just need to see how messed up I am and deal with what I need to deal with first, just to be all right with myself. But what transpires is everything that you've just said, Ali, is so incredible. But every single human on this plane has the same ability to do exactly the same. And that's the beauty of coaching. Something else you said was, you know, started off with a mentor, became a friend. This is what I always love about coaching is it's not therapy. It's not someone sitting there 
from a place of almost judgment of let's take you back to a place where you're broken and, and we'll work from there and I'll take notes on you. If you sit down and someone goes, good to see you, you're amazing, and you just feel straight away on an equilibrium with someone where you can share energy in a safe space. That was the big thing that I found when I went on the course. It was 80-odd people that I'd never met. Within two minutes, you think, I can say anything. This is this is weird. I can literally say anything here. No one's going to judge me. Nah. Is a really, really beautiful position to be in because what is going on again, making it relevant to the current narrative. That's been, whatever you think of whatever's going on, there is a clear divide that's been pushed on the whole world currently that we're all suffering from. And one thing that we're hearing from in the Lazarus Health community is mothers not speaking to children because the children aren't speaking to them, husbands not speaking to wives. This divide goes this cut deep into the family. Now that's on the negative side. However, I think, no, I know on the flip side of that, what it has done is forcibly created communities because people have been so lost, they've bounced into something and just tested the water. What is this all about, lads, to kill? And the, the, the safe space that I'm proud to say me and Harry have helped create now with everybody that's jumped into it, that, that community is as soon as they realise they can talk, here and they can be themselves they haven't got to cater for our feelings they just have to talk and get it out put that energy out into the ether and then when it bounces back with met with the same energy it's like oh oh this is that place oh this is where i can come and, and say this and vent about yes you can because we're all in that same boat together so the community thing right now that is and they're popping up everywhere. It's not just lads talk health. I mean, how are you part of other communities? This is the thing. There's no, in truth, there's not a right or wrong. It's not a gang mentality of, uh, you know, you've got to be in our gang where you think this way. It's not at all. It's just every every person, soul you bump into where you can just be yourself and find out, oh, look, there's another load over here of hippies. Let's <laughs> go and hippie it up together and hug some trees. Why? Because it feels good. Let's get on that vibe. And that is so, so important right now. It's like, everybody has, has said so far is coming together because this is ageless sexless colorless it's anything less it's just it's all about now humanity about soul values what's at the core okay let's go back to that inner child what does my inner child somebody said that uh, ali as well about finding your calling your calling is your happiness that's what i found your calling is what makes you fucking happy how about that? Look into what makes you happy and you'll find that there's a load of people that you can do something with to help them by what makes you happy. And you don't need all the books in the world to study that either. All you need to do is have a little look inside and start by saying, do you know what? I'm all right with myself, first and foremost. And let's take a little step from here to see what we can do moving forward. I love it, James. So, so much, so much wisdom. Sorry, Harry, were you about to jump in? No, I must echo exactly what you would say. <laughs> but you know, I think you, for me, James, you touched on some really key points. The, the first one, and it's a message that you've said a few times on this call, you know, and, and one that I know that you, Harry, and I all feel completely aligned to is that it starts with us. If you listen to each of our journeys as we talk about it, we all at some point realize that we had to, you know, whether we call it going inward or starting that personal growth journey. James, you talked about you know, looking at the reflection and, see, you know, and, and looking at ourselves and accepting our flaws and accepting, you know, the conditioning that maybe we've experienced or gathered throughout our lives. And through that going inwards, then that's where the journey begins, right? And I, and I think that everyone who goes on that inner quest, if you like, to try and heal themselves, to realize more of themselves to feel confident to be vulnerable in front of other people and then through that vulnerability realizing that actually human connection is is built from that right because we all suffer we all go through challenges and hardships and as soon as someone drops a guard like you did james right on the course like harry did like i did other people say it's safe to be here it's safe to share maybe parts of my experience or myself that I never felt safe in other environments. And then what I love about this experience, that we've now witnessed 400 people coming through our academy, right, or more, 
and and we can see the pattern that everyone who then goes through that experience then without like having to to try and do this they just feel a natural inclination a natural calling like you called it james to give back to contribute right so they feel better in themselves and the natural byproduct of that is i want to help someone else feel better you know and and as you talked and you talked about the, you know the world at the moment and how it's so divisive and so separated and it's heartbreaking to hear families not talking to one another because maybe someone got the vaccination and someone didn't or someone agrees with you know something that they've heard in the media and someone doesn't like we've been led to believe that we have to divide that if someone else has a different opinion or a different thought to us we have to be in conflict for me differences has always been the opportunity to connect on an even deeper level differences has been the chance to understand one another from a place of compassion and then to build a better experience in relation to that human being so anyone who's watching this at the moment who are in conflict with their family members etc my heart goes out to you because i've experienced these things myself but i also want to invite people to know that as we go on this quest to to realize more of ourselves we can also take the things that we learn through that journey and apply that in our own families in our local communities in relationships that may be stressed or feel in tension at the moment and um and and you may not always get the reaction or the response that you hope but know that even in that process of giving a little bit more of yourself and practicing presence and listening and unconditional love that you are planting a seed right and people over time begin responding to that they do begin responding so i think this time of divisiveness and separation is like the ultimate test to see how much we can remember the truth of our nature which is love and connection and compassion and empathy and joy right doesn't have to be all serious like james you know what i love about you and harry like i used to get voice notes from james as he's going through the course and i would be doubled over in my car on my own because you bring the joy right i was like and i remember leaving a note for harry just saying you guys you've got the best energy i remember watching a video and you're out on a boat <laughs> in the middle of the night <laughs> and i was laughing so much I, i was laughing so much that alaria comes in the car and she goes what are you laughing about and i'm like watch these two mentalists <laughs> and she watches it and she's in stitches laughing you know and and so these things you know these are our innate nature and um and we just we just forget it we forget it because of the amount of noise and uh and distractions coming our way at the moment and just to touch on one thing as i say just the two things you said last thing this is something i explained to someone the other day in this movement of truth with kindness it's not square and boring it's fucking fun really <laughs> fun actually it's a lot more fun than the bullshit that i used to get caught up with which was an egotistical perspective pretty much all the time which most of us living where we're judging ourselves and comparing to what they're better than us they're not as good as us I'll compartmentalize compartmentalize myself in the middle and make judgments that's boring us now you can have fun with the truth and the other thing you said which for me was a big realization especially when it comes to fans you're talking about planting seeds when you've got your truth and you are brave enough to let that truth go it is no longer as soon as it's left your mouth it's no longer your responsibility on how it's received your responsibility is pushing it out how it's received even if it's received with aggression maybe with kindness because you'll know at some point as you Ali's pointed it depicted it as the seed that's what your truth is it doesn't mean that your truth can become that person's truth but at some point the ego of that person dissipates and they'll say actually they did just say that in place of their truth they didn't have that they didn't cater for me and how my feelings were to receive it because they're going to play the role that I expect them to play no they're just going to tell me straight and that is coaching so this thing at times with a coach you turn up and I always say with the greatest respect I start it I start this off with my clients all the time I think how are they going to take this but I'm saying listen I'll be straight with you when we sit down I'm going to really listen to you but I'm going to take 
any of your bollocks or your bullshit, <laughs> I'm going to push it straight back at you because I'm not going to play any role that you expect me to play to cater for your feelings to make you feel better. What's the point in that? There's no lesson there. So that was what I really fell in love with, with, with coaching. That's what I found on the Mindful Talent course, which is why every person needs to do that course. Yeah. I wanted to touch on the course as well, Ali, because it, it is a life-changing course. And, and, and guys, this is not for, you, for me just to say everyone should become a coach. But everyone should learn about I am. Everyone, <laughs> everyone should learn about coaching and the toolbox that you get with it because it's literally your life. It's every single scenario that would ever unfold. When we look at human behaviour and, and the very first thing our thoughts, everyone can apply that to their life. So I wanted to just touch on the creation of mindful talent from where it was to where it is now and the biggest teachings that you've had since uh, creating it? So I, I was, a, as you guys know, but for anyone watching, I was a student at first. You know, I, I, um, I was a student of the program that we have now taken to deliver to, to many more people. And I became a student because my now wife, Alaria, was a student or was just about to embark on the same course when we first met, which was exactly two months after I'd participated in, in the ayahuasca ceremony. And so Ilaria starts going through this course and it was so bizarre. We did like a six week counseling course together and Ilaria's training as a coach. This was like in the first two weeks of meeting each other, right? So you can imagine this relationship. I'm like, what is going on here? You know, we're in a six week counseling course where we're talking about our shit basically. And at the same time, like, I'm like, how am I being so vulnerable in front of a girl that I'm clearly, you know, feeling like this soul connection to? And so I seen Alaria going through this course and she was just transforming. And, you know, I was her case study at points. And, and then she said to me, I think you should, you should train on the course. And when I trained on the course, you know, I, I, what you just said, Harry, resonates. I came out of that course like everyone needs to train as a co coach. Everyone whether or not they want to be a professional coach, the stuff that I've learned in this course, one needs to be taught in schools and two needs to be taught to everyone, like parents especially. I'm like, no one teaches you how to be a parent, right? You've just learned, often modeling your own parents who blessed them, probably made you know, tons of mistakes because they were never taught. And I'm like, coaching solves all of that. From a leadership perspective, I was like, I've worked with some incredible leaders and I've also worked with some incredibly difficult leaders. And they would, they would learn so much by being trained as a coach, right? So that was the feeling that I had when I came out of the course. And then I had the realization that, bless her, my you know, great friend and mentor and now co-founder, Michelle, she'd been teaching this course for almost 20 years you know, putting her heart and soul into this, refining it, making it better, asking for feedback, making it better every time. But I said to Michelle, please don't take offense to this. You're only training 12 people every time, twice a year in, in Edinburgh. So outside of Edinburgh, not too many people knew of Michelle and her mastery, you know, a true coaching master. So I said, I think you've got to take this out to the world. And she was like, well, <laughs> how? And, um, and, and I said, I think you take it online. And Michelle was shook by that because she was like, it won't be the same online. You know, it's a face-to-face -face course. And she said, how will we do it? And I said, I have no idea. <laughs> but I'm trusting, you know, at, at that point, I was so aligned and in tune with just, I was just feeling things. And I was like, this is meant to happen. I said, so I have no idea how it's going to happen. But let's set that intention and let's trust the same way that you teach me in the course, Michelle. Point, point in that direction and the people and the experiences and the things that we need to bring it to life will happen. And that's what happened. We set up our first course online. We had eight people join. Uh, they went through it. They had an amazing experience. And Michelle was like, okay, maybe this could work. And then from the back of that, the course just kept on growing, mainly through referrals. You know, you, you guys know we hardly advertised the first two years at all. And then it got to, you know, I think when James, you came through the course last year, we had 85 people on your course, right? And we did that twice last year. So we had like 150 students come through the course last year. And then we began offering scholarships to, you know, our charity partners, 2020 Change. So 
you know, they're an incredible company and I'd encourage people to go and check them out who, you know, they're a youth, in, a youth empowerment organization who work with, you know, young people who've come through different backgrounds, you know, in, in London and surrounding areas and they're now expanding and lots of young people of color, right, who, who maybe wouldn't have been given these opportunities. And so we're now running scholarships for those young people to come through and they're incredible, adding so much to the course. So the course has just grown and grown and grown, right? And, and what stage we're at now is, you know, we offer the course. We also have created an online program called Insight, which is a, a you know, self uh, kind of led on-demand training taking you on a journey through neuroscience and mindfulness. And then we have a membership and a community for our coaches. And really what both myself and the team are feeling inspired by now at Mindful Talent is saying, how now, which is going back to the original intention I had on graduating as a coach, how do we now use what we have in terms of the incredible people like you and James and all the other coaches how do we create more impact in the world? You know, and, and that's the question that we've been asking is, how do we create more impact? You know, how do we use all of the incredible skills that we have and, and we make more impact? And that's why I love what you guys are doing with Lads Talk Health, because that's it, right? You bring people together and, and you support them and you facilitate a space where they feel held. Uh, so I hope I answered your question, Paddy. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> I'm deep. waiting for more. <laughs> you go, I go. Just want to make, again, just to make an observation, which I'm really proud about, is I'm just waiting for my checks to be done and my son's school, which goes from three, right the way up, age three, right the way up to 18, I'm going to start teaching mindfulness classes, meditation, breath work to the kids, teachers and parents. So, again, your message about uh, what was the name of the company again? 20, the, 2020 Change. Yeah. I'm definitely going to make sure I'm shouting them out on every video now because the one thing I've learned since leaving the course is the most clever people naturally, when I say clever, I mean soulfully, inherently clever with kindness, love, are all the little people. So that's where the knowledge, the inherent knowledge lies for us. And when we find that, self in places of trouble as we get older where do we go back to to find what it is that really makes us us it's going back to yourself as a kid as an inner child so that is incredible to hear that 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 foundation what you're doing with that foundation and giving kids that might not necessarily have had that option and funny enough what i just just came to then has is this is the whole sharing thing like me and has uh Ali, don't know if you've heard we always said now we're not healers, we're not teachers, we're sharers. What we, we do is we take information on many, many different subjects that we've experienced and just present it to people and just say, have you had a look? Because what we've found is sharing information, I say this every time, but I'd stand on it, is you give someone the most beautiful thing that a human can ever give someone, which is a choice. And a choice that they may not have known they had prior to you sharing that information. It can be life-saving in so many different ways. And that is what this enables us to do, is to just share information as a community, come together. As I said, it starts with yourself. And that's the beautiful thing about all of this, is anyone watching this that feels that, oh, yeah, that's, they've done this or they've done that. Your story is just as incredible as anybody else's. And as I always say, a fact about yourself is that you are the only you that ever was, is, or will be, which means that 7.9 billion people on the planet, you're the only person that can ever be the best version of yourself. So all you need to do is start there. And you haven't got to read all the self-development books, that you just start by meditating. And that, by the way, is something every single person has done in their life, whether it be when you paint, when you cook, whenever you just find yourself in a position where time's gone and throughout that whole point, you wasn't worrying about stuff that's already happened or thinking about stuff that's not happened yet. You was just in that moment. You're meditating. It's not sitting on a mountain always like a monk in a lotus position and hum. Although Harry loves a bit of that. It's all <laughs> down to what makes you happy inside and peaceful and, cl and clear. Because meditation for me, 
what it brings. And I meditate every single day with Atfel. So do my kids now. So is my wife. It's made a difference to everyone. But it evokes clarity, which is a feeling that most people these days really struggle with because they're always caught up in something that they often can't control, which is either the past or the future. Mm-hmm. Ali, in terms of sharing then, will you be able to share a coaching thing to stick in the toolbox for our, our watchers today? Do you know what? You put me on the spot, Harry, and the first thing that comes to mind is, um, you know, I, I think something you said, James, I'm just going to loop into this sharing and, and the, the, the technique, if you like, which I'm going to teach, which is a, a breath technique, right? I know, you, James, I've seen a post from you talking about breath work. Harry, you and I talk about breath work a lot. And, um, and I'm going to link in because quite often, James, when you said, you know, if some of you are sitting there thinking, well, they've done this, but I can, or, you know, maybe someone's attempted to go on a journey and then they've not stuck to what they said they would. You know, I used to beat myself up for those things, you know, and, and if I missed meditation or I never did it for a week or, you know, I would, instead of reminding myself that I can change that in the moment, in any moment, right? Every moment is an opportunity for us to reset. Every moment, our wholeness and that part within ourselves is accessible, right? And, and that might sound kind of, you know, a little bit woo-woo and out there, but for me, it was the best way that allowed me to kind of let go if I hadn't done what I'd hoped to do or if I hadn't stayed true to what my intentions were or I hadn't stayed true to a practice of daily meditation. I reminded myself that, well, I can change that now. And I can go on this journey right now and, also the acceptance that this is a lifelong journey, right, that we're talking about. Some days we'll feel like we've mastered it and other days we'll feel like, you know, we'll feel like we've fallen asleep and we just, we, we just can't do it. But it was that reminding myself that, okay, today's, today's going to be a better day. Today I'm going to start again. If I never meditated yesterday, I'm going to start today. You know, if I never, if I never practice kindness to my partner, my wife, I'm going to start today. I'm going to start right now. Every moment's an opportunity for us to reset and reconnect, right? And so the technique that I'm about to share is something that I use to reset me throughout my day, right? Which allows me to, to reconnect to the truth of my nature. So it's a breathing technique where you breathe in through your nose and so you take it and you can do this with me as, as we go, if you like. So you breathe in through your nose, slowly and steadily. And as you're breathing in simultaneously, you squeeze your body, all the muscles. You bring all the tension in every muscle in your body. And then you hold the breath at the top. And then you exhale with a double exhale and release all the tension. So you go. <sighs> so you breathe in through the nose and tense all the muscles. Hold the breath at the top and then double exhale and release all the tension in the body. Fully relax on that exhale. And you don't push the exhale out, you just you just allow it to relax. And you do that breath even three times, three cycles of it, or six cycles. You feel like you're back in the game, right? I mean, it resets me, so I'll do that breath so many times throughout my day and one it releases physical tension because you bring the tension in and then you relax it and it also allows your parasympathetic nervous system to you know be switched on the rest and digest and also simultaneously it gets you out of your thoughts because you're concentrating on the breath and the tension and the feeling in the body so you're bringing your awareness to your body and then you're letting go and relaxing so that for me is a go-to. I do loads of other different breath techniques and meditations, but you know that three cycles of that can take less than a minute, and you will feel, you know, a shift going on in the inside. Yeah, and it's a tool that anyone can do at any point in the day. And when people say I haven't got time, we have a choice. We have a choice to put that straight in between the meeting, between that. Uh, conversation that's going to be taking place with the boss before coming in the front door when you've got work that you've carried with you 
it's kind of that reset and the course they say clearing the space which is like the starting point of this as well so it's almost like Ali said reset let me now focus on my next part to play by clearing it with the breath yeah and and something that's helped me that as well Harry is I began you know it was probably a few years ago now noticing that you know the tendency we have to go to our phones can also be a great trigger to do something different than that right so the tendency to go to the phone like I'm sure anyone watching this and including you guys well at some point have walked from one room to the other to check the phone that you just put down only a few minutes earlier, <laughs> right? I, I'm also in that category, right? Yeah, I caught myself doing it today. I went to walk through and I was like, I just put the phone down. <laughs> what am I going to check for? Well, in that moment, instead of that, replace it with the breath. And if you're not in a place to tense the muscles and, you know, do the double exhale, you can simply, you know, breathe in through the nose, hold, and breathe out through the, the mouth. And it'll have a similar effect, right? But I started using those unhealthier habits of checking my phone especially to act as a trigger for me to do my breath work or my meditation. And, you know, when you start, when you start noticing that you check that phone like a hundred times a day, well, imagine you replace that checking of the phone with a hundred breath, you know, uh, you know, a hundred moments of breath work throughout your day. Well, it's a game changer. Your life changes. Yeah, that's really and it's an instant shift and I always say this is it's something you can do with your kids as a parent one of the most beautiful things now I get to share with my children is breathing is really breathing even my three-year-old little girl when I can keep her still for it it's quite funny actually I, I not not gross because she's only three but if, every now and again I'll hear a little patter of her feet going to the bathroom and I'll hear her put a little toilet chair down get up on the toilet and it'll be quiet, and all of a sudden I'll hear it. And I'll just poke my head around the door, I'll say, what are you doing, babe? She went, I'm breathing so I can poo. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like, oh yeah, that's what kids do, but it's the, the fact that that's now something that at three years old, she's putting into practice to, that she's realized, when I do that breathing, it helps me poo, okay? That in itself, at three, for me, is phenomenal. Because she's realizing, guess what, as well, adults, if you're feeling constipated, we can do some breath work that will really help you poo. Uh, so, yeah, it is incredibly important. And in, even for those who, who aren't buying into this, all I'd say is this don't even change your breathing pattern. Just sit somewhere for three minutes, quiet, shut your eyes, and just notice your breathing. Don't change it. Don't influence none of the older stuff, okay? Just notice you breathing. That's it. And see what happens after those three minutes. See where your head, your head is at once you come out of those three minutes in comparison to when you went into it. I'd be, I'd be interested to know if anyone's on the toilet watching this right now. <laughs> Give it a go. <laughs> but, but that's a beautiful story, James, about your daughter as well. Adam. I had a client asking me about how can I introduce my, my kids to breath work, especially if they're, you know, not interested or not engaged in me trying to teach. And it's amazing to hear that your little girl at such a young age is already incorporating that in, in places, doing a poo, right, that she recognizes this is going to help me. Because we often, you know, awareness is the, the, one of the biggest things we teach at the academy, but one of the things that I learned, I learned how to teach children meditation years ago. It was one of the best courses I've ever did. And one of the things you know, that we can do as adults is we can get creative with our children to help introduce them to some of these concepts. You know, coloring mandalas, for instance, is one great way to get your child into a meditative state, right? Is to color mandalas with them. Notice how they feel as they're coloring encourage them to share what made them choose a certain color and how they feel about that color. It's a beautiful way to get your children engaged with this sort of activity. And another one that I remembered, you know, another one of the approaches was that with young kids, you can get them to imagine that they're going to blow up a balloon, right? So you take them into that experience. You say, what color of balloon would you pick to blow up? And they might say, you know, orange. Great. What was it that made you choose orange? Oh, well, it makes me feel happy or calm or peaceful. Okay, amazing. We're going to take a deep breath in and then you're going to start blowing up that balloon. So 
right? And so we can get interactive and creative with our children. And even through that process, I love the balloon blowing exercise. I remember doing it with my nephew when he was a bit younger. And, you know, they're doing it. They're starting to breathe in and breathe out and breathe in and breathe out, but using their imagination as well. So I wanted to share that in case there's any parents watching this and thinking, how do I engage my child in a more mindful activity or something that helps them breathe a little bit deeper? I'm going to add to that, actually, for those that I would have said about my boy, Leo, who's my karma for being an absolute lunatic toddler as a child, which I was. <laughs> I've been apologizing to my mum all the time she's been here. Mum, I'm so sorry for what I did to you as a child. I'm getting it back now. For those that will instantly say, yeah, you try and keep my son or my daughter still for 10 minutes. I had the same problem, but you know what I've got? I had, I had a 25-minute school run each way where he had to be seatbelted in his seat. Perfect. He couldn't go nowhere. So he had no choice but to sit there. In the end, we made it fun. And in the end, after a week, have I showed you some of the videos, after taking him through breath exercises, then straight into a conversation about racism, sex within man and women, friendships, bullying, what you find is by calming your child down, because children, have, they're balls of energy, all of them, that is, all children are innovation. So the first thing you say, meditation, you're gonna sit there and look inwards, they're gonna say, piss off, not in, they're not gonna say that, but that's, you're gonna be, hold on, I'm a ball of energy. But then, like you said, Ali, it's very easy. Remember that your child, your creation, you have got a lot in common with your children, once you take time to put them in a place where you can talk to them properly and engage with them. Breath work, prior to it, like I, uh, Ali's just demonstrated, there's so many simple techniques you can do with your children. Do it to music. Get them breathing to the beat of music. Get that going and you see, all of a sudden, they can feel then, oh, what's that feeling? That's your breath, that's your lungs, doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is oxygenating your blood, oxygenating your brain. You're making your child perform more efficiently and changing the, the mechanisms within your child's system. And don't believe, look into Wim Hof and the science behind that, how it actually works when you breathe properly, you're actually boosting your child's immune system, boosting serotonin production. These are really simple steps that can really make a massive, from my experience, a massive difference to a 10 year, now 10-year-old boy's life in regards to being a bit calmer. At times, he's still a bloody lunatic, but at times, you can calm him down. And what comes out next, especially in a, a state of panic, I've found, this is where I've seen the biggest improvement, is like, Leo, slow down, do your breathing. And all of a sudden, the one word ridiculousness that's come out in panic, he takes it back to himself, lets himself breathe, and he's then able to communicate, which was massive for my son because he had issues communicating due to problems he had with his ears. So it was, it was a life-defining lesson to learn was to teach my son how to meditate. Mm -hmm. It's so important. I'm Beautiful. Just, just, I'm just conscious of time as well. And guys, I'd like to, uh, first of all, get you to follow Ali. I think his work goes unnoticed more than what it, it should. It's really powerful. And a lot of my teachings have been shared from Ali over the years as well. And then also, Ali, if you'd like to share where else they can find more info about yourself and Michael Talent. Yeah, first of all, let me say by uh, expressing my thanks and gratitude, James and Harry, for having me on tonight as well. And, and, and just like I said at the beginning, for everything that you are doing, um, I think it's incredible the work that you're doing, both individually and collectively. So I really feel grateful to, to be here. And, um, and Harry, you know, I appreciate you inviting people to come and follow me. They can follow me on Instagram. I am also, you know, I haven't got a YouTube channel, which I love, you know, the YouTube channel because I set it up with the intention just to share as much of what I've learned, right, through what has been a pretty deep dive, you know, into personal development and spiritual growth. So YouTube, if you can go there and share it and follow it and, you know, send any of the videos that you think will be useful to people. Essentially what I'm trying to teach or I am teaching is practical spirituality, right? It's like recognizing how we can operate in what is quite a frantic and busy world whilst also maintaining that sense of clarity and balance and wholeness as you go through it so yeah come and follow me on youtube alistair gray or on instagram which i think the guys have tagged me in this as well and um and if you're interested in training as a coach then please please reach out to harry and james or myself 
let us know that you've you know that you've felt inspired by this conversation and we can arrange a, a call uh, to tell you more about the program and the, the next transformational coach program starts in February uh, we'll be releasing an early bird uh, you guys are actually the first to know an early bird I think it's going to be the end of December start of January but um, for anyone that's interested they can come and speak to us register their interest and then come and join us on you know what is a life-changing journey and it really is as well I couldn't Again, again, I'm going to thank you for training Harry, first of all, from being my snot-nosed little personal trainer brother to what I <laughs> which was my coach. And it is, it really is the most powerful course I've ever been on. And I would stand on that anybody who went on that course would walk away saying, do you know what, I'm be better than before it started and that in itself is huge that's enough and that's just an absolute minimum you get to meet I met 80 people straight away like I said within two minutes that you felt you could tell more to them than you could to your nearest and dearest that was a big shocker so yeah that mindful talent course is worth every single penny and it is something that should be and it is now thanks like I said Ali to you something that's going to be taught in my son's school so it's making a difference all the time man. Yeah. Thank you, man. And to echo what James said as well, that mindful talent changed my life. Uh, I've worked with amazing mentors now. I've done corporate work with mindful talent. So to also say that there are potential opportunities after because growth on both sides of the community is only going to go in one direction. And like we keep saying, we want you guys to come along the ride whilst you're creating your own path. So thank you again, Ali, for uh, your time today, mate. And um, I'm, I'm hoping you guys uh, enjoyed that one. We loved it. And thank you, everyone who's watched and tuned in as well. Some lovely people were already starting to follow me. So thank you, guys. And have a great day. I'm off to celebrate Dios de los Muertos, uh, the Mexican tradition called Day of the Dead with my beautiful family. So I've got to scoot, jump in a car and go and witness and experience some Mexican and Mayan traditions and to teach my daughter about death and a beautiful, how she can have a beautiful relationship with death. So, guys, thank you so much for having me. Have a beautiful evening. And um, if anyone has any questions, please reach out. Thanks again, Harry and James. You're welcome. Take care, Ali. Take care, guys. Bye, bye, bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you've been interested in this content and want to reach out for us to one-on-one or group or community coaching, please don't hesitate to. You can find us at Lads Talk Health on Instagram. On Telegram, if you're interested in the natural plant medicine, search for Rick Simpson Oil, best Rick Simpson Oil, forward slash cannabis oil, forward slash THC oil. You'll also find us on Instagram at Lads Talk Health. We've got a community membership site. If you're interested, please reach out. The membership site is www.ladstalkhealth.com And again, love to all.